tell kids all the time, I'll fight you in front of your parents. I don't care. All right. Welcome to Jerry Ann in the Rough, aka Jammers in the Rough. I'm here. This is called a hostile takeover. I'll be doing the questions and I will be asking various questions to uh, Paige and I'm oh, sorry, Paige and Josh and I don't know. Cody is somewhere. It's not, I mean, just look whatever way you're pointing. If it's not right, just change. I know it's it's complex. You guys do this all the time. This is like my third. All right, time I still ever. struggle with it. I don't know about all the time. I'm. You still should struggling do with the it. setting. There's a setting where you can change it where it mirrors the right way, which makes it easier. So like, if oh, you I think that's what way, my problem is. Is that it's yeah. mirrored. Find your go to setting. Because this is like this is uh, right to me, but it points. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, struggles drill people. Everyone came here to watch us figure out which way to point. And, and you know what? Just remember, I'm I'm the most north, not Paige. <laughs> I don't Are we know, getting serious? Kinda... I don't want to get serious again. No, not doing that. Okay, wow. so like, I'm literally here to ask the questions that many of you probably want to know about our our boys here. So I get to ask the questions. It's going to be so much fun. And I think it's good um, to note that we have no knowledge of these questions. None. And in fact, I only knew of them like probably an hour ago. So <laughs> <laughs> we're a very prepared um, podcast. Well, yeah, you gotta sometimes have fun and wing it a little bit. Can't be all like robotic. I mean, you can. That's kind of what Cody makes his name for. That's how he teaches PE. I know. Just freezes I, I, up, stage fright in front of the kindergarteners. Today okay. we throw basketballs. Run, kids, <laughs> run. <laughs> All right, so my first question is, uh, how did you all meet each other to become and form Jammers in the Rough? Tell me that story. Ooh, I'm going to let Paige. Paige should do Paige. that one. Yeah, that, you should. Good, good well, no, because yeah. you were the one that sent me a message first, I'm the right? unifier? Yeah, you're the, That's you're why the you point. Keep, yeah, you're, you're my north. You're my north. Right. You're not my north. Mm-mm. I talked about it a little bit. See, we're already started off with the page rant and the page story time. This is how you know you're in for a good jammers. Oh gosh. <laughs> Even my want to hear from me. This is this is a great show. It feeds my ego. That's really how I chose Josh and Cody. Um, but no, re- really, like I don't know. Josh created a DM by now only group. Like what? Three years ago? Four years ago? At this point? Something like that. Twenty twenty. And so. I kind of got to know Josh over that group a little bit. And when it came to realize that he was in Eugene, which is like hour and a half, two hours south of me, I decided to kind of meet up with him and get to know him a little bit better. And which sparks the more famous conversation where it's like, oh, yeah, that day we talked a lot about like future planning, goals in the game, how much it aligned, how much it didn't align and just kind of networked and watching it all kind of come to fruition over the four years is how Josh and myself met. Cody and myself met on some disc golf buyer feedback drama. Yeah, where, boy. <laughs> where I was getting, uh, I didn't get in trouble, but I was trying to, because like somebody sent me a disc that was like, oh, seven out of 10, eight out of 10. And it was completely trashed. And the guy wouldn't refund me. It was like a five out of 10. It was inked. It was torn to shit, like mm. all that stuff. So I did a post where I'm just like, hey, guys, keep an eye out for this individual. And I got shit on in that group for doing that. Um, but Cody was like the only person that reached out to me and talked to me about like, no page, like 
I agree with you. Look at, you know, and we get into talking and that was my first interaction with Cody was him just reaching out and being a general, like overall good guy, helping validate me during, you know, me getting shit on for trying to call somebody out for a collector's disc. And this was like, this is when like, it was, I think it was a crowned Eagle. And this was before crowned Eagles, like $150 discs. I was upset. Like I paid like 30 bucks for a crowned Eagle, just tore to shit. And this is what <laughs> was like really upsetting me. Cause I was coming back. I remember I was coming back from San Francisco. I did a trip down there and I'm like, in Grant's pass at a gas station, like just pissed. Um, and that's how I met Cody. So over two years after that, um, maybe even a year and a half, we kind of befriended each other, kept talking. And then I kind of helped form the community disc golf lounge to be what it was, what it is, I guess what it was. Cause it's no longer what it was. Um, <laughs> but so in there was an ask. And so one of my cultural teachings is like, well, how do you know you're ready? They'll ask you. And so there was a lot of asks at the time for a podcast. Whiskey Discs, um, Whiskey Disc with Andrew McDonald. That was a fun one. Andrew what McDonald. a name. Yeah. I actually named it. That's one of my claims. I love but, it. So uh, flaccid. Because he would like, Andrew McNolo would. <laughs> Uh, get is that how you say his last name? I've always seen it. And I could never in not, my head. It's not. He's just guessing it. Just okay. Like I was, last name. Okay. I was just hey, like, hey, it's my story time. But he would get like a glass of whiskey or a whiskey of the the week or whatever, and he would just shit on everything that was going on in the groups. He would just like <laughs> kind of say it how it is, and sometimes that made him kind of the the group that he was doing it in was buy it now only, which was Josh's group, and because he started getting popularity there was like some issues so i wanted to one of the reasons with the lounge i wanted to create a place where people can explore this so and do these things without feeling like you know ostracized without feeling like you know it's going against some of these community standards because the community standards should be supporting growth and i believed in that wholeheartedly but so i base a lot of what like what i did for the lounge off of a lot of my conversations with andrew mcnalo but also what that podcast started coming into based off of him because eventually he stopped he's you know a nurse he has a few kids and he got really busy and wasn't doing it which i kind of miss but because there was enough people asking for a podcast i talked to cody i talked to josh um they were kind of the two people that instantly i thought of i wasn't even like thinking of anybody else um because what i wanted to do in my vision with the podcast was let's not just do top tier golf podcasting let's have an ma3 player let's have an ma2 player ma1 player and let's get these different viewpoints of things because that's the bulk of disc golf is these categories. And let's start talking about like, oh, well, this is my my view of this disc. Here's the MA3's view of the disc. And you can start to see how opinions start to vary. Um, and that's how Jammer's Rough was born. I also wanted to keep that frankness that Andrew had while also being kind of polite with it because that's like, I want to be authentic of who I am. Right. Like I'm not somebody that's going to be like sipping on whiskey, talking shit. That's not, that's not who I am, but I will openly talk shit yeah, very sarcastically to, to, to people's face. So I wanted to keep that side of it, but that's how we met and how Jammers was born. I think you guys are just awesome. You guys just jive so well and it's fun to watch you guys, you know, do your thing. Sorry. Uh, moist. Moist was it one week one? It was just like Paige sent me a message, like, Hey man, I'm gonna go live tonight. Why don't you join me? And was it week one? Was it just me and you? And Josh came on like week two, yeah, because I used to do a lot of like impromptu, like unboxing stuff like that, like random, like 
and that's where like i think some of those asks came from because i was just talking like oh hey it'd be like you know i'd grab a rare stamp disc you know and be like oh hey guys look at what i got it's uh one of my favorite stamps you know and i would talk about it i talk about the flight and my experience and i would do that almost like weekly because it was just i was getting five to ten boxes of discs a week and it was just like not me it was mm -hmm. kind of fun to me and it so yeah nice. I... <laughs> oh daddy <laughs> but speaking of a bunch of kids i know that feeling <laughs> and then right. jo yeah josh i knew you from pretty much through page i've i saw both of you around before we ever like communicated because mm. i think we were all around kind of during the right before the boom of disc golf like when it got like right before stimulate remember stimulus checks happened and it was like that 30 dollars oh. sea eagle went to like 140 dollars. it was like 300 dollars for some yeah. of them but it I was like, like a, a that's where like somebody 10. was coming yeah. in like i would sell because i would, i like i'm somebody that's like oh if i throw this disc let me get 10 of them so i became like uh disc flush where it's just like hey i have 10 claws that are 200 a piece all of a sudden yeah <laughs> and so i was like like yeah, it was moving. That was a lot. Good old. Days. So you guys have all played around together? No, I haven't played with Cody yet. He's Maryland, opposite ends of the country. So but I don't think Josh, I've ever met Josh and Cody. No, uh, just Paige. Paige and I have a few times. Okay, and... so between Paige and Josh, which one is likely to cheat on the scorecard? Paige. <laughs> this guy. If this guy I misses. Had... This guy misses like three or four putts, and he's just like, "I'll take a bogey." I'll take a bogey. Mulligan. I'll take a gentleman's mulligan. <laughs> gentleman's no, mulligan. I, no, I don't think like with Paige and I, like both of us are not going in it to like technically go against each other. We like, don't keep scoring. It's, it's, yeah, it's 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 just it's like, us playing and, and bullshitting because Paige and I don't get to play that often because you know an hour and a half to hour drive that is you know it does take work he's made me drive every single time he's never i came last time no i came last no <laughs> you talked about it you haven't done it yet i we went and played at buxton what oh we did yeah oh oh look who's lying on the scorecard <laughs> <laughs> he's lying in life oh that's awesome that we definitely we utilize the time though to catch up in person and just BS and just throw this. Yeah, and that's really what it is because it is like when I meet we meet up with Josh, there's a lot of that future planning. There's that also that lot about of like, you know, maybe even some frustrations because one of the times we met up, we're both admitting two groups, and sometimes you need another admin to invite, like, why are people just not decent humans? What's going? You know, yeah. and like you need that vent. Um, so I will say it's a lot worse in the U.S. groups than it is in the Canadian groups. It's yeah, and, and Can even Can like, Canada is polite. We get it. That stereotype is real. <laughs> but like, there's something about the internet that like just makes like some of these like U.S. disc golfers just come out like, Rawr, and you see all the ignorance and the racism and the prejudices oh. come out. It's like, why is it got to be like that? It's not what disc golf's about. We're supposed to be well hiding behind the screen inviting. too and. And then also like the power dynamics, like as an admin, like, mm. you know, I would add like there's like one time somebody was like, just like really like blowed up my inbox, just pissed off at me. And it's just like, I'm not the one that is calling you out. I was asked to talk to you from the pe person that is anonymous because, mm. you know, it's like, I don't know why, like you're acting like I have some grudge against you. Like it's personal. It's not like 
this guy just wants to know where his disc is at. <laughs> You're trying to play his mediator answer. between people is wild. It's just like people <laughs> go off. I'm like, I, all I'm doing is asking you a question. They're like, no. Nah. That's one of the reasons. You know what, talking. though? It's a little bit more challenging. Like when I first became uh, the admin to the Canadian Disc Golf Hub, uh, being I think being a female, they just didn't want to like listen to me. So if I'm having an issue and I'm trying to resolve it, it would just go into full blown attack, and I'd have to pull one of the other admins. So like you've got to resolve this. this guy's going off on me. But like after I think about a year, now it's kind of like I'm the one you want talking to you because I'm like not judgmental. I don't really care. Let's just resolve the issue and call her a day. Yeah, but my admin like, persona was like very factual. This is what I heard. This is what you're saying. Something doesn't line up. What is going on? Things like that. But I remember being at a, a tournament admitting and I just missed a putt from like 10 feet or whatever, just mad. And I'm just like, why am I? I'm not worried about I'm not focused on my game. I'm sitting here putting out a fire. And I'm like, <sighs> that's literally in the middle of the tournament. I just like I was an adamant child. I was like, guys, I'm done admitting. I have a good one. Did my yeah, and then post. he just left. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> Took a picture of the mountain. Did my post. I was like, I can't. You know, it's free time. People are, people are like, people are people, and it's just like, okay, cool. Like, I don't need to because I'm very like empathic by nature, and I don't need to like absorb a lot of that like energy and that those feelings while I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you also like you mentioned like the buyer uh, feedback group and like I I always feel like it doesn't even matter what you post and how legitimate your concern is. You're going to just get blown up by all the trolls out there just waiting for you to come in. And uh, It's like this this, this wave, right? Like, oh, here's the trolls coming, but here's the real support. And like, which one's going to tip? And then it's like, oh, all the trolls won or all the support won. It's just like this fine dance of it all. But yeah, the I'm thing is that it, it never, it. it never, it never used to like always be like that. There's always those one post where it was always like that. <laughs> no, no, there were there were <laughs> posts where <laughs> it was <laughs> where you it was you it was super laugh, intense. Feedback. Yeah, which, which they happen every once in a while. Like, but, but give it like two years ago, a year and a half ago, like the feedback page wasn't always every single post. It's someone's it used gonna to get... be useful. It used to be useful. Yeah, it used and to I be. still use it. Well. But... Man, I just oh, think man. it's funny watching Cody come up in the oh, Cody's <laughs> like, on it for like a good 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. I always tell people like, hey, just check my, like, just look up my name on feedback. And they're like, well, I'm going to make a post about it. Like, all right, that's fine. Like, <laughs> just search it if you want, but all it right. It makes you feel good, yeah. right? But I thought, I just thought it was so funny. All the comments on there, you like, sound like a superhuman, but all you are is a moist maker. <laughs> aren't they same the same thing, thing? yeah it's the same thing <laughs> all right we gotta move on i got other questions i need to know your guys' answers um real Welcome quickly <laughs> real quickly what got you individually into disc golf and what was your first disc mm. and do you still have it because mm. this one's mine the Saints. Ooh, Saints. It is well, retro burst. In. I can't. I don't want to show my number. Well, then maybe you shouldn't ink it. That's number one. <laughs> Look, I lost this my second time playing, and I the next I went out and found it, and that was the first thing I did is put my name and number on it. 
So I if you lost lesson. it, it means you didn't throw it well, and it should be free to fly for anyone. I was new, and that yeah. that co that course, nobody would have found that disc. It would have been gone forever. So then, that, if no one's gonna it. find it, why even ink it? No one's gonna find it. They're never gonna return your phone call. I didn't go back to that course. <laughs> <laughs> never go back. I would being judgmental. You're the worst. I hate right? ink with a passion. It does. Mm. All right. All right. Let's let's answer this question. Um, I'll start. I did it wrong. Yeah. I'll start. Um, I uh, see. I started playing with somebody's years ago, um, where we just, you know, we grabbed some discs. We got, I think, I had a bag and some discs in there, but it was mainly just going out uh, to drink and smoke with my friends while I threw discs around. That's what it came into. Um, I did that for a bit, and then life happened and went back to not playing disc golf. Um, and then I think around 2019, um, I went disc golfing for like the first time in a long time and that itch just got me again and I just dove deep and very quickly. And then I got my PDGA number at that point. I'm like, you know what? I want to, I want to figure out how to get good at this game. I want to like actually learn the, the right form to throw and, and what discs to get and try out all kinds of new stuff and it I just it kind of snowballed from there um started playing more and shortly after that i um we started the the bin page and that grew quite a bit and i was able to start the um the grow it program to give back to disc golf which that got a lot of traction and i've been able to do a lot with it and so what i'm looking for at disc golf has like changed throughout the years but i think i would say 2019 that's like the pinnacle point of me getting like into disc golf is when I got my PDGA number and decided to actually try to be what's your PDGA number? Uh, one, two, nine, eight, three, nine. Nice, give him a follow. <laughs> don't <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see that chaos? Mm. Come on, catch that smoke. So, Joshua, story time. So, I'll make mine quick. Uh, I was at a all staff retreat. And one of my buddies um, wanted to go disc golf. And I was like, hey, I think I've done that kind of before. Let me go with you. So I just kind of threw whatever disc he had. And then that kind of got me hooked. And as a coworker, we would sneak out during lunch breaks. There was a course called Lunchtime, five minutes from us. And we keep playing um, from there during our lunch breaks. And then our schedule was flexible. So we're like, let's wake up at six so we can get off at two and go play disc golf. And we're doing things like that, which was fun. And got that got me hooked. But my first discs were a Streamline Pilot and uh, MVP Octane. The Pilot's a good starter disc, I think. I, I, like, think but I wasn't throwing it. I was putting with a premium plastic Streamline no, Pilot. No, but that's a good disc. That's what I actually turned to as my second putter. So Yeah. I, I no, I think they're why. great. I think they're slept-on and... You know, even when the people are like, oh, what is uh, when James Conrad got to switch over to MVP? He's like, what are they going to throw instead of his big beat aviar? And I was like, he should be throwing a pilot. That's going to be awesome. Like, let's see it. And yeah. he chose the NV. And... Not kidding. The AVR is the worst putter out there. And won like worlds with it or whatever. So, you know, I was wrong with the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> but that was mine. Oh, I will add uh, the very first disc I ever bought. Years, you missed your ago. chance, Josh. No, 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 no. You missed your chance. You I'm took your whole back. story time. So I got a starter pack with like three discs in it from Innova. And oh, the, then you got the AVR. I, no, I got the uh 
Wait, is it? I got yeah. three. <laughs> is it Innova that does it? Did it what, who makes the uh... Innova makes a starter pack? It's a leopard, minko, and an AVR. Or a shark. Magnet. Who makes the magnet? Is that this crap? No, no, that's okay. this crap. That's okay. a good oh. one. No, the magnet like a super sucks. soft one. So Look. it's a super soft one, and I picked that up like this is years and years ago. I still have that disc. I still have that's that. worth yes, some money okay. right now, actually. I want to see when we're done. You're gonna to have to take a picture and show me. I want to see your first disc. Oh, okay. I have them both still too. Yeah. Does that lie? All right. Can I tell my story Go. now, Josh? Or is Go. Josh gonna interrupt me? Just talk. Okay. All right. Um. So. And Jerry, we move on. And next question. I remember, like, ten years ago, I'm like, I've always loved being physically active. Suits my job well. Um, I back in the Craig's. Craigslist day. So probably like 12 years ago, I was like, Hey, someone's selling some disc around here. I picked them up and there was a course like five minutes away. Went through, it was like cheap DX plastic and I got hooked. I remember driving to like Baltimore, which is like an hour and a half away. I was like, Hey, I'll go buy some more. Like I bought 20 disc for like 50 bucks or something stupid. And then I got into competitive volleyball, played that for a long time, really kind of didn't play disc golf anymore. Um, and then COVID hit and all the gyms closed. So I couldn't play volleyball. And I was like, well, um, I guess I have nothing to do. I can go outside and play disc golf again. And I didn't have any of my old discs. I don't even know what I did with them. So bought a couple online and then got really back in. Like I would, my kids were young, so they would nap for 50 minutes. I could go play the local course in like an hour. So by the time they were go to bed and then wake up, I'd be done. So I'd, didn't take any there time. There was someone with them. them, right? You didn't just no, abandon no, them. No, they just sleep. That's not my problem. They're sleeping. Um, <laughs> yes, my wife. And so that was a good way for me to be physically active. And then I started teaching at my gym at school. And it's great. My first disc was, I mean, some DX stuff. The first one I remember was a, I went to Dick's like 12 years ago and bought a uh, Champion Blizzard Ice Boss. Pink. And color. I'm pretty sure Paige has one or like sent me another one, same color. And I still remember, I was like, oh man, 11 speed or 13 speed. That means it goes the farthest. So I'm going to throw it the farthest. Probably like first or second throw. I line up, throw it, goes dead into a tree. <laughs> and I never saw it again. Never again. I was like, I can't get it down. I didn't know disc retrievers existed. I threw things at it, never came down. And uh, that's when I learned that faster numbers doesn't mean farther flying <laughs> wow. I, okay so that leads to the next question i was gonna say what do you think is the most common mistake for uh new players throwing high speed stuff right that uh, would be mine giving value to numbers on discs yeah throw putters and mids don't throw don't pick up everyone's like hey you're playing yes. disc golf here's a destroyer throw it no don't throw a destroyer throw like a mid and a putter that's it and maybe a fairway uh, yeah, I would say probably uh, another big one is changing your putters, changing your putter out and not sticking with one. I disagree. No, I disagree. No, I think I there's, no. I think there's a very small difference in putters. There's obviously overstable, whatever. I think 90% of it's feel and comfortable or comfortability in it. So you should yeah. switch it out. If this doesn't feel good and you lose confidence in it, cycling, get that confidence back. I'm all for that. I mean, I can see, I can see that part. Like, if it's not yeah, working see? for you, I just proved but you if it's wrong. But, Let's but, go. No, 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 no. You agreed with me. But, no, you agreed. I said with I agreed me. with that point. 
if it's a disc is working for you and then it's like, oh, it's beat in. You know what? I'm just going to get a different one. It's like you made a lot of progress with the specific <laughs> mold and feel and now you're switching it up. It's it's a mistake in my well, opinion. I don't think so. But I also think a, a big mistake that they do is a lot of them buy into the entire fandom and they limit their bag choices to be all mm. one brand. And I think there's only maybe like one or two brands out there that might be able to fully income, like be like, you know, all your whole bag and your set. You know, I think companies do things better than other companies and being able to explore some of that, I think is beneficial, but they're all like, they make it their identity because they don't have identity on the course yet. And they're like, I'm Innova. I am Discmania. Well, now I guess it's like Discmania. It's MVP right now. Is giving that big push, but like all of a sudden, all their identity gets absorbed into that. And after like two or three years, they're like, "Oh well, let me try this. Let me try that." And it's just like, man, if you would have just like explored some of these options early, you think it would have helped you out further. See, I think um, for people in their first year, I think a common mistake would have to be is looking for sponsorship. So you see so many people flocking to like Prodigy, and that's all they're throwing. They're not able to really find out what discs actually work with them or for them, what molds and plastics. And I just feel like uh, in your first two years of disc golfing, don't be sponsored by a disc company. Feel everything out and find what you love. Kind yeah, of your game's still like developing. That. If you yeah. limit yourself based off of a company and then all of a sudden, like, you know, like Prodigy, their distance drivers are very hard to get, like, a feel for. Yeah. And you start to push that, then all of a sudden, like, you're learning – you know, you look at uh, Kevin Jones where he starts like such a severe hyzer flip and that's cool. But then when you switch to a different company, you're like, oh, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, many people, so many people or even non-sponsored players are like, well, I'm turning my bag only discraft or Discmania. I'm like, yeah. why? Why are you doing that? Are they paying you to throw all their stuff? No, I just think it's cool. Like, I understand if, if you think it's cool, I, I, I guess I understand, but you're limiting yourself to a certain brand when there's so much good plastic made like my bag i might have one or two discs from like manufacturers i might have three the most but i have so many different brands in there because i find discs that work for me i never understand why people throw only one brand unless you're sponsored if you're sponsored and you have to sure if but no by then paying, you should know them yeah but if, i also if, think like this idea of like fandom we get from like dominant society sports which is like team right Oh, yeah. Green Bay Packers. Wow. Oh, the Vancouver Canucks. Let's go. Like, But isn't that what disco is so different? Because that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. For... But they get they get their definition of like how they should be a fan. And so then they're like, oh, Prodigy, let's go. You know, all these things. And then being like, no, follow a player, like a player. Like, yeah. hey, Maria Oliva, let's get the construct. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, hey, we got Ricky Wysocki with his felon. Let's go. And, you know, then you buy these fans or Gavin Rathbun and his enforcer. But See, follow the person. Like. People Even like Jomez. Get players. a Jomez Zeus or something. Like, you know, I think those go further than one all, one bag. Or just throw yeah. whatever. <laughs> DX, DX Rock. Uh... All right. So. Let's. We're just gonna take a side step here. We're just gonna do a okay. little. We don't do that here. We are very strict. We are very precise about what we talk about. Stay on topic. <laughs> or else, wife. Or hey. else, or else, Paige goes <laughs> off on rants and tangents. And twenty minutes later, we're talking about like clowns wearing hats or something. It gets wild. Speaking of carnies. Oh god. <laughs> 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 I didn't even go there yet. You didn't give me a chance. <laughs> Dang it. 
<laughs> so what what's the carney story there josh oh when he goes into the woods and he disappears from <laughs> he us disappears for, a week? for weeks oh, on end. you know i'm and like, like carney, I don't yeah, yeah i'm like, like who the French hell are you talking about who the hell you is carney, carney man <laughs> okay first off the carney not... family he goes deep in the woods he's we're like hey no cell hey, service josh? for like he's a like, month and then it'll come back oh, and I was like, sorry, month? guys, I was in the woods with my carnival people. We're like, what are you talking about? First of all, never called them carnival people. Yeah, uh, we, well, maybe we they're did. Right. Cardies. You do. You call yeah, them carnies. Cardies. Well, they're carnies. What do you call them? Family. <laughs> carnies. Well, what are we? They're my family. Family. Well, I'm not a carny. Well, it's just my family, family in the woods. There's a family in this family. Family have, family that sounds worse. My family in the woods. That sounds yeah. way worse. The Appalachian family. family. Hey, Appalachian Mountains are where I'm from. Okay, calm yourself. Yeah. Makes sense. No, I'm, out, I'm out there. My, I'm, out there. I'm out there for uh, two months. No, I have to go out there a lot for several months. See? But I'm really out there for a long period, like 12, 13 days, 12 or 13 days. I'm in a tent out there. Yeah. <laughs> Making French fries, spinning cotton candy. I was like, I like, guess really you're trying hard not to describe. You're just like, yeah, this is the thing that I do, but let's not talk about well, it. We're and then, and then Paige and I just make so, fun of him. We just make fun of him. The whole two weeks is gone. Just text, just texting back and forth about the dumb things he's doing. Like, oh, I wonder if he's guessing someone's waiter singing for the no. yak woman right now. Do you no, get them the... throwing discs in basket now, and it's like a prodigy basket, so they never go in? <laughs> wow, I like that one. That's solid. I'm gonna use that one, but I have I do take my my temporary baskets out there because there's some really cool lines you can do. Uh, but I work at the Oregon Country Fair. Work at the Oregon Country Fair, and it is a city in the woods full of amazing people, amazing artists and bands. It is it is my uh, it resets me for the year. It it, as in the clown. I like the way he talks about it though. Like he just it's like he goes into like, like. it's a carny lifestyle. Wow. It's a, it's a beautiful place. And it, it restores, it can restore your faith in humanity so easily going out there with those people. And then he comes back to the online disc forums. He loses it instantly. And then, well, I mean, look how you talk to him. Face. You're so mean. You're the see, worst. This is what I put up with, Jerry. No, I, 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 say, I always, they're always, they, they keep me on this podcast to make fun of me. That's the only reason I'm around. They don't make Whoa. me do anything important. They just make fun of me. And I'm okay with it. That's that. why you come high on pain prescriptions. A muscle, muscle relaxer. relaxer. Mystery muscle relaxer. Hmm. I did find out what it was, but I don't remember what it's from. But I still got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love some of the comments coming through. I don't know if you guys are no. reading them. I can't read. Uh, Facebook user tends to be lurchy, so it's pretty funny. Facebook users, it's usually Jerry or Lurch. That's all it is. Uh, no, Dale Simple comes in once in a while. But, you know, he doesn't have to stay. Mango Coyote. I don't even know who that is, but that name. That's Chris Estes. Sure. That's my my guy. Who? <laughs> not it's my, mangy. Not it's mangy like a dog gets mange. It's not mangy. No, it, we, no oh, it's mangy. See, mango. It's mangy. Mango no, no, coyote. Mangy. I'm, no, I'm it's mangy. No, 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 said, it's mangy, mangy like it, when dog gets mange. No, I, I, that's how I chirp him. I call him mangy. <laughs> so mangy. It was perfect that he read it that way. So that can, no, mango. Mango. Oh, that's going to be mine. I'm going to make it. Yeah, clash discs. Mango. That's a very mangoes. solid overstable mid. Oh my god, Is did we change names? Josh smokes. Well, 
So much judgment. Smoking is bad, Josh. I taught a unit on in health last month. Yeah, but if you don't smoke, are you really a carny? That's true. <laughs> true. That's true. It's true. It kind of comes with the lifestyle. That's uh-huh. true. There's a lot of trees in the woods. Have you known that? All right. Do you, not, do you not have carnivals in Connecticut? Yeah, but they're all like ex-cons. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Josh's are. It's like ninety percent of ex-cons smoke. Yeah. They're not the cool people that you see on television. They're the sketch people that are like messed out in the backyard a couple days later. That's Josh's Josh. family. Yeah, that's Josh's family. He takes pictures of him without a shirt on, just, <laughs> just left out. Yeah, I don't think so. He's talking about like this, like peaceful place that refreshes and restarts your life. But like, not have you here. ever, have you ever listened to a drug user describe their experience on drugs? <laughs> very similar. That's true. Very I, I similar. I feel like you don't know what I do for a living. <laughs> drugs? No. Uh, but I hear how they describe drugs all the time. <laughs> are you are you flaunting your berg there, Cody? I'm I always like I bring disc I have disc in my car, I have disc at my school, I have disc every like I when we drove to yeah, Texas. You're I the had... one guy who lost 50 discs and don't know where they went. Like uh, I don't want to say he's the one guy. I've done that. Yeah, I, I don't lose disc. Like, I know it's in a box somewhere. <laughs> All right. Let's get to, like, serious stuff, okay? No. Okay. Yeah. This is this is what I'm here for. All right, let's do it. Let's right. do it. You're here to keep okay. us on track. We're the featured no more... guests. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We take the conversation where we want to take it. No. Tangents. So, Erica Stinchcomb. We all, you know, had just heard her story. Um, for those who... Uh, don't know it. Let me give you a recap. So day one of the Music City Open, Erica missed her tea time due to errors she made with charging her phone and her alarm not going off. Uh, she ended up waking up right when her tea was uh, tea time was and had to race to the course, missing the first four holes. For anyone who doesn't know, the PDGA rule on that is if you do not make it to your tee or that hole, it is a par plus four for every hole missed. Oy. So going into the fifth hole, she was automatically starting with a plus 16 on the card. So this story I find is very polarizing. I think we got people in different areas. Uh, some people think that like they're very disappointed in her. Like it's her job. She's a professional and she should, you know, she should be on time. No, no excuses. Some people are like empathetic and the fact that that's our greatest fear is missing your tea time in a tournament. And, you know, in your job, I'm sure everybody has been late for work for sleeping in by accident. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like me who think it's very inspiring. Um, I looked at her story and I felt like right from the jump, she was the underdog. She was starting at the bottom and she was crawling or clawing her way to the top. Um, I mean, I, I was really impressed with her game and how she was able to continue moving up through each round she played. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this situation? I don't know. I think, I mean, for me, there's that, like you're talking about like inspiration side of it. I think, for how much conversation was like focused on like Callaway and Yulabari, like DNFing and Emerson. I was going to bring that up next. <laughs> yeah. Like they were DNFing yeah. and there was a lot of negative attention on that. But then you had this opposite side of it where, you know, they could have easily been like, oh, hey, like sent a message in and tried to 999 and not finish the round and they didn't. So you have this like 
you know, oh, I stopped the I stopped the tournament in order to preserve myself for maybe the next tournament, or hey, I love this game and I'm going to continue to grind it out even though I made a mistake and put myself in a position to be successful, which I think they were because they finished 23 over yeah. and not 16. So they had 16 over to start and then they finished like 23. I think that's a pretty good like rebound considering. But also amazing. like for me, like I'm tired of this conversation because I feel like you're just saying things that don't have any weight on the circumstance when people are like, you're a professional, you should be there. We've all had a job where like we show up late, we don't show up, we sleep through our alarm, like to air is to human and like i'm tired yeah. of these arguments like you're a professional you're a prof like well what does a professional disc golfer actually mean it's not like yes it's somebody that gets paid to play disc golf but their primary job is to sell discs and period. promote and yeah. promote right like yes playing is one aspect of it, and that's a way in order to do that but as we're starting to find with like a nate perkins even oh, he doesn't need to play to sell discs he's around there he's commentating he's making himself accessible that's yeah. going to sell this. Paul Ulibarri is going to interact with the fans, and he's probably going to sell more there than he would have by not finishing. And so he is being a professional. You know, like, so I'm just tired of, like, because it, it means nothing when they're like, oh, they're a professional. It's like, okay, that's no, like, contribution to this argument. You're just saying things because you want to say things, um, and there's more in-depth thought that can have it. Because there's that perseverance for me where Erica – showed up like how like who's gonna show up 16 over who wants to do that tournament nobody does but they chose it they she played did. but she did that's what i mean like that's huge that's awesome to see and important to see and i think we need to see more of that because a lot of times when the going gets tough we're seeing mental health breakdowns we're seeing like crying and fits and discs yeah. thrown at baskets and bags kicked and dnfs i don't want to i've seen enough of that i want to see somebody like all right, I owned it. I'm going to finish this tournament. <laughs> That's my thought. All right. Well, I mean, I I definitely I am. It. I'm on I'm on pretty much the same page. One thing I loved about it though is the fact that she was that her uh, Instagram video she posted of like her worst nightmare. I love that so much. <laughs> That's you know, my nightmare. Yeah, I hear it's her. all of those nightmares. Yeah. But I mean, like to kind of uh, echo off of Paige. The fact of like everyone focusing on like this is your job, like you need to get on the, get there on time every single time. Like everyone's been late, and she did come. She was just a little late. Um, and Erica, everyone, she did come. She. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a hard one because I kind of get get the the people who are saying it's your job. You need to be there. Like yeah, and she knows that. But she came and she pushed through, and like that alone was like it's just it's inspiring to see somebody do that instead of saying yeah. f this I'm plus sixteen, I'm gonna quit now. Like she pushed through it, <clears throat> and that right there should overcome all the other haters talking about her need to be there on time, and she gets paid for it, so she has to be there. And I get that, I do it, I get it. Do you think her? Well, that's story... the thing. Like who has an appearance fee? Who has a hey? You're a professional disc golfer. Here's three hundred dollars for making your tea time. That's not what they're getting yeah. paid to do. <laughs> do you yeah. think her posting her story on Instagram drew more people in to start watching the live coverage? Yeah, because I'm curious about how many of those like shit talkers mm. actually were following their round, actually following them on PDGA Live. Like, how many of those? I did immediately. Yeah. But it well, was her that drew me into like, I want to see how she plays now. I'm yeah. I was saying before I that, right? Like, there. everyone's like has an opinion. 
but how many people before that were actually following along mm -hmm. and supporting? Because you look yeah. at some of the like dwindling numbers, and I'm pretty sure the ones that are going to be the loudest trolls are probably the furthest from supporting, like not only FPO but also like these individual players that are falling off of like the lead cards and chase cards. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I think it opened the door asking for scrutiny, and then you know trying to own it. That's a tough thing because you have because on the opposite side, like I said, like Ben Callaway tried to own his DNF and then got shit on. So it's like, yeah, you can't own that one. <laughs> you, you lose, lose. But, but so also, like, like here's a here's a uh, the chat. You know, experience is a sum of of your mistakes. You learn from them, and that's exactly yeah. what she's gonna do. I would yeah. put money on this. She's she's never gonna miss her tea time again. That's like it'll, a one time. Triple and check you learn everything. From, yeah. You're gonna have four alarms, like. But like to go off of that a little bit, because you had already touched on with the MPOs. What are your thoughts? And I'm not gonna say names. Like you can say names. I'm not. Uh, mm -hmm. But like some Audio of those. Barry, if you listen to this, you know my. If you listen to Jabbers, you know my opinion on you from the first year. You do so... hate Paul for some. <laughs> you hate his guts for some reason. I don't know what he, he ever does. did. I love him, him, but okay. Page hates him. Hates his guts. Okay, I don't know but why. like. So, like, what are your thoughts on them dropping out due to weather conditions and not playing well in those conditions? I personally think there is should be a, like a little bit of a difference between like a pro level athlete and like a casual fair weather player. Okay. So, like in football, they don't get to choose their weather conditions, they will play in rain, sun, wind, snow. Um, so like there's also like other sports where they don't play in the rain and the snow and stuff like that. Is disc golf, like where does it fit in that category? Should it be a fair weather sport or should it be a year round sport? I think this comes down to your sponsor. Your sponsor needs to put some, no, I'm saying, listen, Josh, don't just start shaking your carny beard already. Okay. <laughs> you probably got like funnel cake dust in there. Um, if, like a lot of sponsorships, like I remember Chris Dickerson was talking about when he was sponsored by Prodigy and now Discraft. Yeah. He has it written into his thing. He has to do a certain amount of events. Mm -hmm. So if if you reach that allotment, then I don't think that should be go against you. If if sponsors want you to play more events, they should pay you more. But they should also have it stipulated in your contract. You have to play this, this and this unless barring injury, but if you're, because NFL, they don't get a choice. Their contract says they have to play, whether it's rain, whatever. If it's lightning, of course, it's a safety hazard. But yeah. if you want to hold them accountable, then it needs to be written into your contract or you have to do this because maybe those players know I play worse in rain. I would rather skip this event and pick up that event I need to do in a better area, which I is going to play to my strengths instead of my weaknesses. So uh, I understand, like, I, I don't want to play in the rain, but then again, I'm not a professional. But if you but want to be a professional and make professional money, then your sponsor should have that written in your contract somehow. There should be an agreement or an understanding, uh, at least in my opinion, Joshua. So I know I'm under two different, like, trains of thought. Because if you remove the names from it, my my yeah. thought my thought process is, as a professional athlete, you are responsible for making yourself successful at every given event, and yeah. that means upcoming as well. And what does it mean 
to be successful, how do you manage that, right? So you have like you're managing your your workload, your mental health, you're managing these your injuries, your you're pushing all of these things. So in a situation like this, already battling and losing the cash line, there's no point in you playing this third day outside of raiding. Well, your rating's already above it. What's going to be more successful for this major that's two weeks away? How could you, like, if I go out and you injure your ankle, then all of a sudden the major, which is more important than this pro tour, and you're struggling, like, there? Sorry, you're distracting me, Cody. But anyways, uh, but you struggle there. Or you rest up, you don't take that injury, you go to Masters Cup, become successful, and then all of a sudden it was worth it. And I think as a professional athlete, you need to have and flow that because we're talking NFL, but also look at the NBA. How many all-stars get rested for games that don't matter? And that's huge because they're managing their caseload or their workload. So when playoffs come, they're fresher because playoffs are more important than, than whooping on the Blazers. And that's um, like every sport now you rest. Like NFL yep. players, they rest games. Uh, MLB. That's why Cal Ripken's streak will never get broken because nobody does that anymore. They've realized that players need rest. And but they this is the better. pro tour. So like this is the – the highest end of an NBA, NBA and like MLB manage- is not. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is no. to to quit in the middle of a tournament, saying, "Well, I'm not playing yeah. well, and the weather's not great, so I'm just going to quit." What are you teaching our future generation? I agree with that. If, if you start, but again, if the weather changes drastically, I can understand that being an outside playing. But I also don't believe. I always tell my kids, "You start something, you finish it." So I yeah. do agree with that. I you guess that's what separates it. the elite players from the. And that's why, like I said, like you remove the one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, and you remove the names separate. and this, you remove the names, and I think my point stands. But if you put the names, then you can see a pattern. Yulibari has done this before, and now that pattern is showing and quitting. So that's not the argument about hey, managing your workload, managing your mental health. It's like oh no, this is the going's getting tough, and you're walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, and can you imagine if Erica did that? Like, we wouldn't have this amazing story that's uplifting and teaches you perseverance. But also, and yeah, that's a big I one. Think, that's a, that's a perseverance a of, is a huge part of this. Paige, I'm gonna interrupt your ass and I'm gonna say yeah. this. I think a lot yeah. of people are blinded by this is, idea. No. no, perseverance is important, but I think a lot of people are blinded by this idea that I have to go 100% at all times. No matter what, and that's why we have so many injury-prone pros in disc golf right now. They then don't do ankle. back-to-back tournaments. But they don't. The pro tour is like alternating weeks for that, and sometimes. But, but don't like as a start it if you golfer, can't finish it. If you no. don't think you could persevere through it, then don't start. Just say, "Hey, I'm yeah. gonna, you know, walk away from this one, rest up a little longer, because that's the tournament coming up that I feel like I can really push myself through it." But see, that's the yeah. thing, like nobody's going into a tournament thinking they can't finish it. So you're right. Like everyone's going to a tournament thinking they want to be successful, can be successful, but to put in the work and then they get to day two and realize what, that they, they weren't there competing. And so having that conversation, the honest dialogue, what's going to make them more successful at champions cup for a major. And I would think the sponsors would be more disappointed of you resigning due to weather and not playing well than, you know, but, but, not playing but well. they're being honest because the moment the moment you corral it'll be like the NBA. The NBA no longer is just like we're resting them. Oh well, there's a there's a fear of injury, so they're that's why they're resting. And so, yeah. like, I go, feel like Josh, go, 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 people Josh, are talking go, about Josh. Go, go Josh, go, 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 go. go. All right, <laughs> Paige, shut up. 
Uh, I'm sorry. There's a difference between an elite player and a pro Jeez. player. A pro player will DNF because it's not doing well. Yeah. An elite player will wake up and realize they missed their tee time and show up at the plus 16 and continue the whole entire tournament. Like, that's I'm, not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, yeah, say in, that, in a vacuum say with no Kobe names, Spate. vacuum with no names, when people are responsible for how they break through, they need to evaluate that. Because I've been a big like, proprietor of mental health and managing that mental health. You go out there in a day where you're not feeling your best and it's muddy, it's rainy, it's sloshy, and you bust your ankle. What is that going to do? And what lesson are you teaching people that, oh, because you're afraid to stop and evaluate where your mental health is at, you're expected to get out there. Like, where's that balance of it all? And, and like but I said, I like this is this, this is all mental health. This is ego in some. But I'm cases. saying it's part. I'm not. But it, you're putting names attached. You're attaching the situation. I didn't I'm put saying, names in. It. I just said no. Some but no, that's what you're saying. Ego. You're talking about this situation, I and did. I'm talking oh, about it overall as we start to look at it, and as because the moment you put the names on it, there's a pattern shown. There's weak fragility that's shown. There's weak mental games that are shown, and then you guys are absolutely right. But in an overall scheme with no names attached to it, I think you need to be able to evaluate these things and should be. I'm just like, saying there are to. people who it, the ego supersedes everything and it's not mental health. It's about, I'm not doing well. I'm going to quit because it's then better that's than the, saying If that's the reason they're quitting, then Josh is right. I'm breathing life into as a player and as these other players, they should be evaluating and weighing these options. Not like, oh, I did bad. Let me not play so I can salvage something and move on. Yeah, then of course I'm saying like overall the whole encompassing thing should be evaluating that. That's all. I can see both. I can see both sides of the coin, but if you want to be considered an elite player, you got to push through it. You know, there's I only so, so many elite tournaments that happen every year, like each season. I mean, and you if you got to think, stop, but the people aren't that are doing it aren't elite, and that's partially why they are doing it is because they aren't elite they used to be elite they used to be on top so but could they're you not imagine now. if everybody walked away from the tournament because they don't like playing in the rain and they're not playing their best golf possible we wouldn't have even had you know a winner to watch look at Kristen Tatar no. she wasn't even winning Mm-hmm. If she didn't persevere through the conditions that were set there for but everybody, you're she like everyone's won- in the same mindset. Like, if you give everybody the option to do that, I still bet like 90% of people aren't going to walk away because those are the difference of the mentality. If you give everybody, like, hey, the weather's bad, you can leave, 90% of people are still going to like tough it out. I believe that wholeheartedly. And then I the think 10% that's why shouldn't be sponsored. I can agree with that. Like, if they're like, like, what is Emerson really bringing to Lone Star Discs? Besides meltdowns, bad rep, blah, blah, blah. What is, like, Ben Calloway really bringing to disc crap? Like, he did one funny video this year, but before that? You know, so it's like, yeah, some of these bottom 10% should be reevaluated, Especially when they start to protect their rating. They start to protect these things and they, they perpetuate. They're eventually, but... their rating's going to drop. I mean, we get old and our rating changes. Like, your body just doesn't move the way it used to. And it's always going to end up, you're going to hit this you know, peak, and then you're going to end up plateauing and going down. So should it be about ratings or should it be about, you know, Does DNF affect your ratings? It depends on if it's like an 888, which is trying to manipulate so then, your rating or if it's a 999. 
a DNF, then then the PDGA, just like I was talking about sponsorships need to make that change, then the PDGA yes. should, if they believe that, then a DNF should affect rating. Because then people will have to weigh, is this worth the hit to my rating or not? It might have more people staying in the game, but it will also still have people that believe they are stopping for a good reason. Hey, is it worth the risk? Is it worth... I think the, the injury hit. is always a good reason to DNF. I think it's always yeah. a good reason because yeah. I mean, we we don't want you hurt. It's in any sport, you know, we don't yeah. want you hurt. That's not that doesn't make for, you know, for fans. Like yeah, but then you're gonna get people that manipulate like manipulate that because that's what they already do. Yeah, but what Durham I was who's pointing like, oh. out. Sorry. Oh, oh, I'm just gonna say like Ben Callaway is does become honest and it's like, oh hey, the weather, the injury, risk of injury. He's gonna be like, oh, I hurt my ankle. I can't play this week and then show up. And I think but you some get people... people didn't have that as an excuse. They legitimately took to Instagram to say due to weather and my not playing well, I am yeah. quitting. For... And that's I value what, the that's honesty. I'm I know. But I value the honesty of that rather than being forced to lie, you know, because if he's forced to lie, he's going to say what he needs to do to get out of it. I'd rather have an honest conversation yeah. about why oh, he's I'd be it. so bummed if that was, you know, somebody. I mean, look I at was... Big German in Vegas. Like, oh, I have an ankle issue. Shows up in Waco, fully healed. You know, it's like okay, like ankle injuries. If it's that severe, to DNF, don't go away in a week and a half, in really just a week, so he can start to do his practice rounds. Well, it could. It could. Prescription it, medication yeah. you took. No, I know. Right? Also, yeah. Also, it could be like a rolled ankle. You're not going to play a tournament on a rolled ankle, no. and then a rolled ankle can heal in a week and a half. And you again, can. I'm just saying, but when you start know, to draw the lines, yeah. I'm just we're saying that the moment you open scrutiny, that whole door is open and you need to start to call into question every single one, and that becomes a real mess. And that's and, that's, and I agree. That's why with you Paige. choose to get sponsored and put yourself in that light to be scrutinized. They yeah, this life. But like <laughs> well, Paige is saying, by... <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, Cody. I'm, I'm trying to agree with you for once. My goodness. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often. Um but until you're actually that person, because maybe he said, like, I quit because of the rain. Maybe he was fighting some sort of illness or injury. Again, people are never you're never going to know the true story unless you are that person. And maybe Big Germ, maybe it wasn't that bad of an active or an ankle, but he was like, hey, I don't want to play. Not worth it. Not worth it. Like, I've taken off because uh, my ankle feels a little off and I know. I know my body well enough. If I did play on it, it would probably make it worse. I just had to talk with a student today that's in a cast in his thumb and his parents want him out of it so he can play a baseball tournament coming up. And I was like, dude, you can get out of it and you might be fine. But if you mess up your hand now, one week early out of that cast might be two months extra in the cast. Is it really worth it to you? So again, it, it, it comes down to a personal choice. I think if they want, if they want the DNFs to affect rating do it make the pdj hey if it's because of this or they should have something different for baseball or for injuries like baseball I guess if I you're just, injured i look yeah. at it so differently because when i go into a tournament i don't look at a tournament saying hey i'm gonna win or i'm gonna place in top three i don't ever look at any event as i'm winning or have potential to win i look at it as what do i want to do i don't care who's winning who's at the bottom i don't even look at the scorecard I like take score, but it's all in blind. So I never know what the score is at the end until somebody's congratulating me or congratulating the next person. And then I realize. 
So for me, I like it wouldn't even be a thought in my mind that, oh, I'm, I'm sucking. I'm just not doing well. So I'm going to look for an excuse to get out of this and say, oh, it's weather. You know, that that sun, that sun was too hot. And, you know, it's I could get heat stroke. So I'm going to back out now. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at it is at what point, like, do we say, hey, like, we're going to have fair weather golf, or we're just going to have year round golf, because I don't know if we could have a pro tour if we relied solely on fair weather. Yeah, because if it was fair weather, it would only be what California, Texas, Florida, like everything like closer to the equator and Portland wouldn't have the pro tour. As of like, I'm a firm proponent or like, all weather golf needs to be kind of like, I'm supposed to have rain this weekend. I'm not going to pull out of the tournament because there was rain this weekend. But also, I'm taking precautions knowing I have plates in my right leg. It's going to be muddy. It's going to be sloshy. And I'm going to hurt my ankle. And if I wake up Saturday night and my ankle is flaring up, there is a likelihood that even though I'm not injured, I might DNF purely because my ankle is flaring up and I don't want to risk that. And I know that's a possibility going in. Um, And... You know, with the, the Callaway situation, who's to know that that's not something that he's himself is struggling with, though it's the weather, though it is like I, I can be fully aware of some of those things that I need to be aware, because if I'm not aware of that and I hurt myself, then I am, you know, I know I'm going to battle it. I remember uh, PDX Open last year. I wasn't walking on hole six. I was limping. I fucked up my ankle and I pushed it through every time I would rip. I'd scream in pain. What did I prove? What did that prove to anybody? And I finished hole 18 and then I coasted at Pier Park, not walking, and I, you know, top 10 that A tier or that Pro Tour uh, AM side. And what did that really prove besides, hey, I got to take off a month now because my ankle is fucked? Um, another tournament before that, Dexter, Dallas Garber, who's a guest on here, won it. Ask him about it. I couldn't walk because it wasn't how I was injured. It was the metal plates were flaring up because of the temperature drop. And that happens like once a year, and I can't walk for a week. Um, but I taped myself all up because I was so f- afraid of DNFing that that's how I played. I was lead card. I had fun. But, like, when do you start to weigh those? And, like, who are the ones, like, because when you have arguments like this, everyone's, like, looks at it black and white rather than what this gray area is. And as an athlete, you're responsible. Because nobody, how many, how many phone calls did I get after the PDX opened about my ankle? How many people were really outside of the nosy ones like, what happened? What happened? Why'd you blow up? Like outside of those Aww. people, nobody was reaching out. So it's like, what do I owe anybody when I DNF? Same thing with these professional athletes. Like everyone has an opinion, but you know, what's truly but going on But it's your with fans them? who are buying your disc, so you owe it to your fans. Oh, yeah, I owe it to my fans. <laughs> no, because, I'm just like, saying, <laughs> like, if I'm buying your disc, I'm supporting your tour. So when you DNF, you better explain that to me or, you know. Man, I just value oh, the honest, the honest explanation over the oh hey guys, I hurt my ankle again, or like Paul Ulibarri, oh my shoulders continue to pro- plague me all season, and then oh well now I'm DNFing with no reason. I mean, you people pick up on the things, so either people are gonna, they're only gonna believe you you so many times until they quit believing them, and you know if Callaway and Emerson and like Ulibarri are gonna continue to do this, I think the fans are gonna dwindle because it's gonna be reoccurring. The argument I make is the the rare occurrence that when these happen. And like and like you were just saying, Jerry, they have to sell discs. If you are not finishing and doing well, people aren't gonna buy your disc. It's like the market is gonna react to that. So if every time even think about like um like even Yulaberry, 
he what does he sell the captain's raptor now and even then that's not a huge seller but you have you got a promotion Fox. or demotion to a new team yeah where he's a sole sole person on the team the legends <laughs> yeah but so but then you have simon Lazat who's winning who has that personable character who is selling lots of discs for whatever company he's for so hey, you, josh <sighs> oh okay let josh talk <laughs> What's he gonna go off? I have nothing now? to say. Go off, Ken. Right, I got another question. No, 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 let me no, let me so, switch no, up. No, no. Let me okay, switch fine. Up. You know what? Let no. her finish. Let her end with her question because you're gonna say we're close to our hour. Let her I'll, get it out. I have one question. It's okay. really lighthearted. Okay. What are your thoughts on spoilers for these events? Is there such thing as spoilers for live live sports events. nope absolutely not absolutely nope. not yeah if, if it's if it's Agreed. live somewhere and anyone can watch it if they sh choose to you have this it, if you want to know it's not a lot it. it's not a lot to get it and if you're really into disc golf um you'd be watching live sports uh, at, if you can and there's at no this point if you're trying as, to there's no such to... thing as spoiling live sports Go fuck yourself, Paige. I, I was agreeing so with you. you. If you don't get a chance man. to watch it, Goodness and someone gracious. did a spoiler, does that prevent you from watching it? No. No? No. Doesn't for Not me either. All. No. All I know is, at this day and age, we've been doing live spoilers, spoilers, this long, that if you really are trying to preserve it, you know to turn off your TV, your Reddit, your get off social media. Yeah, social media in general. Get off. You of it. you know that by now, and you're not being spoiled. The people that get spoiled are are seeking that spoilage at this point because you know the moment Simon won, there was ten posts about it. The moment, the moment <laughs> he made a face and Gannon Burr went out of bounds, everyone was already like, "All right, Simon won." Like nobody like. If you're trying to avoid spoilers, be like, what was it? Uh, How I Met Ted Your Mosby. Mother. Ted, Ted Mosby. Ted Mosby with his glasses. Got... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, or is this like you're walking yeah. around like... <laughs> what did he Mosby. call him? There's no spoiling live sports. And... Ted Mosby. It was like the sensor... sensory deprivation device. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and he dated a Canadian, so... You know. Yeah, it's also... It's, it's hard to not get spoils of live sports when you admin a disc golf page. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so if I don't if I don't want to get a spoil uh, because I have to miss not watching it live, I'll do my damnedest to not go on Facebook. He'll make it sometimes I, it's it's so automatic. Like I'll turn on Facebook and realize what I'm doing and just like throw my phone down. I'm like stop, no Facebook. No, I've like I watch wanna, parties with yeah. like my buddy Eric Say Chow. So shout out. But we don't do. We'll be here. like on Facebook group and we'll be like, Tatar, what happened? Or like you know we're just like watching it like live. And he's like, oh, I'm not watching it right now. What happened? Like, you know, that's you find your buddies like for that. But yeah, if you're trying to Speaking preserve of fantasy disc golf, who's winning? Shut up. The only you fantasy are. you're winning. Well, cur <laughs> currently, still a lot of golf to play. Still a lot of golf. <laughs> yeah, still a lot of and golf. Just, and Paige is like, left. all of your players aren't going to be at the first couple of tournaments. You're going to do terrible. That was Josh. Aww. Yeah, he's in first. He's in first. He is leading our fantasy league. Tatar, sure. I put my eggs in Tatar's basket. I hitched on Oops. that wagon, and she is taking me places. And Calvin, and Calvin. <laughs> All right, host, you got to keep us on track. We're going over our hour mark. Yeah, I'm confused. What's happening? Well, I don't know. This is I don't wrap things up. I told you you're going to wrap it up. Well, let's. All right, Kids. guys. We'll that was so wrong. I'm so sorry. I didn't have to say that right. Wow. No, it's perfect. It was perfect. Gary is against. Oh, so, yeah, so, Dark Ace, 
Dark Ace! <laughs> I like how she, she has no content. Just Dark Ace! Dark Ace! Dark Ace! Dark Ace! They're the ones sponsoring tonight's events! There okay. we go! Oh, yes, they are! They, they are the sponsor tonight. So, you know what? Let's yeah, show on. us your titties! <laughs> oh my gosh! Come on, Josh! Banner! <laughs> There's the banner. You know what? If you want 15% tickle, tickle, tickle. off at right, Dark Ace yeah. Disco. Use yeah, 15% off. Use deadly AF. We always we always pick one of our sponsors each each podcast to display. Right and this now. week is Dark Ace. We're, I'll give you some context. Just Jerry just starts screaming Dark Ace and showing her shirt. <laughs> her so yeah, if you can see her, use her. I love code, that graphic on the back. Deadly AF for 15% off at darkacedisc.com. Check it out. Save some money and check out some cool swag. And so before we close out, everyone, wanted to thank you all. Like, follow, subscribe, whatever. Jerry, thank you for doing a takeover. We really appreciate you. It was an absolute blast. And remember, everyone. It got heated. I liked it. Championship-level mm. courses mm. are meant for championship-level players. And <laughs> load management is important for all pro athletes and athletes in general. You've so missed thank that you for everyone. like five weeks. You're Keep done. Jim and A in the rough. We'll see you next week. Bye.